Welcome to episode 29 of The Shanna Plan. My name is Kyle Posey. I'm joined by Akash. We are in full off-season mode. Akash, what's going on, man? What's happening, man? Full off-season mode is correct. The surprise uh, cuts have started to roll in, and now's the time you turn on your Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport uh, notifications so you get those alerts on your phone. And um, Yeah, man, off-season full swing. We're in March couple weeks to go before free agency in the new league year. It's exciting. Head on a swivel for those Adarn Schefter tweets because if it does <laughs> not have a blue check, uh, it's not real. And and even with that, there are going to be plenty of other people that are saying so-and-so is meeting with so-and-so. So just be careful of who you're getting your information from. So uh, before we get into what we're going to talk about, please rate, subscribe, review on iTunes, uh, five-star, please. And with that, we are going to kick off with the QB rumor mill because it wouldn't be the 49ers offseason if we didn't talk about that. So on Monday, Teddy Bridgewater's name came up. The 49ers allegedly spoke to the Carolina Panthers, and it was Joseph Pearson, person, I believe, from The Athletic who covers the Carolina Panthers. He said the 49ers called the Panthers about a potential trade for a Teddy Bridgewater. And that's when, you know, all the – we just went down different rabbit holes. Were the 49ers calling about Teddy to be the starter? Were they inquiring about Teddy being a potential backup? And Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, noted 49ers lover, um, just decided, is this a, a ploy for, you know, Jimmy J to perhaps lower his salary? Maybe this is just a step toward eventually going to Jimmy and saying, hey, we can't pay you 25 this year. We can't do it. That's why we called about Teddy. He's coming in at 17. Maybe. And Jimmy, hey, have have your agent Don Yee call around. What was your take on the 49ers allegedly reaching out to the Carolina? Yeah, so there were a couple different paths this could have gone, right? So let's start off with Teddy Bridgewater's salary. So Teddy Bridgewater, after the trade, is going to be making $17 million next season, roughly. Um, and then the year after that, he has no guaranteed money. So he could be cut and there would be just no repercussions for the 49ers. So immediately I thought, okay, there's no way that they're going to pair Jimmy Garoppolo and Teddy Bridgewater in the same quarterback room. That quarterback room would cost like $44 million. It's just not happening. So he's not coming as the backup. So then the next thing I thought, okay, do they want him as like the bridge quarterback um, if they were to draft a rookie quarterback? That would make a little bit more sense because his salaries, you know, you can stomach – 17 18 million dollars for a bridge player then the year after that you can cut him you can have a cheaper you know backup after that um and it would just make sense right he's not i don't think he's good enough to be just a pure starting quarterback but he's he would be one of the more high-end backup quarterbacks we saw him do that for the saints you know two seasons ago when he came in for drew Brees, won five games um so i was like okay maybe they're considering that and then the third thing I thought is, okay, maybe they're just trying to gauge how interested Carolina is in moving off of Bridgewater and just how interested they are in the rookie quarterback class. Maybe they're willing to give up Bridgewater for a lot less, um, and they're just kind of doing their due diligence. Um, and like Chris Sims said in the little thing with Florio, I don't think he's a better player than Jimmy Garoppolo, but he costs you know seven or eight million dollars less. So you have to factor that in and, you know, what you could use that money for in free agencies. There's a couple different variables. Um, on the whole, I don't think Bridgewater is going to be a 49er by any stretch of the means. But I do think it's interesting that they called Carolina because it gives you some insight into kind of what the Niners are thinking. Um, yeah, just how do you feel about the whole Bridgewater bridge quarterback thing? 
Yeah, as a player, so Jimmy Garoppolo, if you're ranking quarterbacks, is probably in, you know, the teens to 20s. Like some people feel like he's in the 20s. Some people feel like he's in the teens. Teddy Bridgewater is probably in that 30 to 40 range where he's just a very, very good backup quarterback. He should not be starting. He is not that good to be starting. I think he proved that last season where he has some traits that you like, but he also – he just – he doesn't have the arm. Like, to, to be blunt, he just doesn't have a good enough arm to make plays in the NFL. And the Carolina, the fact that they were able to get 2,000-yard receivers is, is just a testament to Joe Brady. But um, money matters, and it's the NFL. So to be able to save, you know, $8 million or whatever it was to have Teddy Bridgewater and be that bridge quarterback, I could see why the 49ers would go that route. And you have to imagine at the same time, they probably have a giant board of 200 different possibilities that they're going to go into 2021. And one of those possibilities is probably Teddy Bridgewater and a rookie quarterback. So if that was one of the scenarios, that's probably why they reached out. And I do think that's a good point where you mentioned um, if they want to move up and if they, what they want to do with their quarterback situation, their owner, David Tepper, has come out and said, uh, essentially, for lack of better words, they're, they're willing to move heaven and earth to go get a franchise quarterback. So, um, yeah, I, I imagine you could have Teddy for a lot less then maybe another backup quarterback. But again, he's going to cost you a lot of money. He's probably not – you're not going to restructure him because if you do that, then there goes, you know, moving on from him in 2020. So it's difficult, man. And, again, you just have to imagine all the different scenarios that they're going through. I don't know. And I don't I don't think Teddy would be, you know, a, a plausible backup. I, don't, I wouldn't count on him coming to the 49ers – but it's an option, and, and that's why we talk about it, because there are going to be dozens and dozens of options for the 49ers. Of course, yeah. And so, you know, immediately when, um, you know, the right, the athletic writer from uh, Carolina, uh, Joe Person, that's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a reputable reporter. He's really tied in with the Panthers. I think he's been covering the team for a long time. So when he reports something like that, you know, you have to take it seriously. And it also... Like Kyle mentioned, you know, they're going, the 49ers are going through like hundreds of different options, right? They did this last offseason, and the 49ers typically don't leak out this type of information uh, to their beat writers. And we were able to find out because a Carolina beat reporter was the one that leaked this info out. So it just gives you a window into all the different things that go go on behind the scenes uh, of a front office. But I thought Mike Florio's point was more interesting which was maybe the 49ers are trying to tell Jimmy Garoppolo, hey, you're not worth $26.9 million. You're worth less than that just because you've been less dependable these last few seasons because of your injuries. Do you think the 49ers can force Garoppolo into a pay cut? Not a restructure, because restructure means you're just moving the money around. I'm talking about right. a straight pay cut, which would drop his you know cap number from 26 to you know 15 million, for example. If I'm the athlete, I say no way, no chance I'm taking less money because we see every day, we, we're seeing just these last couple of days, Kyle Van Noy just cut and he misses out on like a lot of money. But um, the, the team is the benefit here because they save money. So and I'm always going to side with the players and I'm never going to say a player should take less money. So I wouldn't do it. I'm, I'm going to say, hey, you saw what happened when you didn't have me. Why would I, you know, why would I take less money when I was on the field? I took you guys to the Super Bowl. And of course, you know, they're going to have arguments. Well, you didn't do this or you weren't that valuable. But the it's a, if we're talking to black, black and white business, bottom line business, that, you know, that has to matter. So if I'm Jimmy G, no way I'm budging off my money. Uh, give me what I'm owed. Give me the contract you uh, 
give me the money that I signed when I uh, had the contract. What about you? What what do you what would you do in that direction? So so I was gonna get I was gonna say counterpoint. If I'm John Lynch, I'm gonna say okay, we'll cut you. Good luck finding twenty five million dollars a year on the open right. market. You're not gonna get that. So either you take the pay cut and you stay with us, or we'll trade you somewhere else where you may not have as much success, or we'll cut you and you're not gonna find that money. And those are some possibilities that the 49ers could play around with. Um, but ultimately, yeah, if I if I was Garoppolo or if I was Don Yee, his agent, I would say hell no, we're not taking a pay cut. You know, a restructure is different. Restructure means you're just moving the money around. It actually secures his future here with the team. Um, so that's that's a little different. But hell no, I'm not taking a straight pay cut. Um, especially when, you know, when it just comes to quarterback salaries, I'm, you know, somewhere in the middle. So yeah, if I were in Garoppolo's camp, there's no way we'd take a pay cut. I would, I would ask for a trade at that point if you're forcing me into taking, you know, $10 million less this season just to help the team out. So... I don't think he he would do that. What do you think? In, like, do you think there's a, a realistic scenario where Jimmy G ends up taking a pay cut? Like, do we see that this offseason? Or will will they even touch his contract? What, what happens? So if I were ranking the possibilities, uh, I think there's a more realistic chance that Garoppolo gets traded to a new team and keeps his current salary than he would just take a straight pay cut. And then the other possibility, would that be he restructures uh, his contract and you know the 49ers are able to lower his cap hit this season and then the cap hit would get higher next season obviously um, but yeah I just can't see him taking a pay cut I I don't know I think they're in a trade situation because he's a good enough veteran quarterback I feel like there would be another team whether it's Washington I mentioned because of the Martin Mayhew connection New England because of the Bill Belichick connection uh, or Chicago because they just need a quarterback. I just think there'd be some team willing to take a flyer on him because once you trade for him, he's really he's really only on a one year deal uh, yeah. after the season. So I, I see that as a stronger possibility than him just saying, "Oh yeah, I'll come play for fifteen million this season. Let me just give you ten million dollars back so you can go uh, sign some someone else." Also, the reason that you know New England makes sense and the reason that Washington makes sense, they're both at the end of the first round are behind the 49ers and they're probably not going to be able to come up with a, you know, a package to move up for a draft eligible quarterback. They also have more than enough cap space. I believe Washington after a couple cuts, they can be in the fifties and I believe new England's that high as well, as far as millions go in cap space. So where you can afford, you can be able to absorb Jimmy's contract. So that's why I'd imagine, you know, they would be interested in it. And as we said at the top, Jimmy is, you know, in the fifteens to twenties, wherever that may be, so he is a good enough quarterback where you have him. That is a good point. Uh, speaking of, I think we were going to segue to this just surprise cuts in general, and you started talking about Washington, and this got going in my head. Alex Smith, and there was a news from Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport that he was get he was going to be released, um, and you know freed from the Washington football team, and a lot of people, you know, Forty uh, Nine fans, media, whatever. Uh, insisted that Alex Smith could come back as the backup quarterback and, you know, rejoin the franchise that drafted him. And I th- I thought this was ludicrous. You and I texted about it. It just doesn't make any sense. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? And if he could potentially join San Francisco to back up Jimmy Garoppolo? For health reasons, I hope Alex Smith retires. I just, like, it doesn't seem like he was healthy. I know he was out there playing, but it just he didn't seem like the same player. If we're just talking about talent-wise, you saw nothing in 2020 
to make you think that Alex Smith should be playing. And we always talk about, you know, a backup coming in for those three to five games for whenever, you know, the inevitable injury that happens. And that's that's why we're talking about this position. But if that's the case, what we saw what Alex Smith did against the 49ers. The 49ers teed off against him because they knew he wasn't going to throw the ball down the field, and they just never felt threatened. That interception Brett had was because he knew the ball wasn't going to go over his head. So check this out. Uh, his total points scored or total points earned for um, Sports Info Solutions in eight games were the exact same as Marcus Mariota played in one game. If good that stat. doesn't tell you – and and – Alex Smith is, you know, EPA and all the other advanced stats. He was. I have those for you. You, you want to hear those? They're embarrassingly bad. Yeah, let's hear. Them. So these are these are ranks out of forty-five in EPA per play. He was forty-first. I didn't even know the ranks could go that low. Forty-first <laughs> in success rate. He's 39th. in CPOE. He's thirtieth. Like it was, it was awful company that he was in this past season. And I, I just don't get what, like what people saw in him this season that would make you think, oh yeah, he can come be the backup quarterback. I think he's better off just being like a quarterback coach because I think he's a fantastic guy, right? And he would just bring some veteran presence in the room. But I don't, I wouldn't trust him if he had to come in and play like three, four, five games. And you needed those if you're, you know, the 49ers, for instance. Nostalgia is real. So it's not what Alex Smith did in 2020. It's what 49ers fans remember Alex Smith doing when he was in the Bay Area. And I imagine that has a lot to do with wanting him back on the Niners. So I wouldn't do it. I don't know what kind of contract he would, you know, look for, but I don't I'm not so sure that Kyle Shanahan would want that as well. And yeah, he can still move a little bit, but again, you have that you have that injury that you have to worry about, the injury history. You don't you hopefully you know, he just gets stronger as he keeps, you know, further away from that injury. But still, if they're looking to go in a backup direction, getting a veteran would make sense. But uh, you want a guy that you can depend on. And I'm not sure that that is Alex Smith at this point. So we talked about surprise cuts. Is there anybody that we could see on the 49ers? Because we Kyle Van Noy was cut. Uh, Henry Anderson was cut. Kyle Rudolph was cut. Um we're running out of Kyle, so wh- what's going to happen? Is there going to be uh, is there going to be a surprise cut in the Niners? So just some of those names that you mentioned right there, um, yeah, I think this offseason is going to be fascinating because of the lower cap number. A lot of guys are going to get cut yeah. just to save cap space, and so there's going to be a lot of player movement, and there's going to be some veterans that you can get on bargain deals um, potentially to you know help solidify your roster. But the names you mentioned don't really stick out. Uh, Kyle Van Noy is probably the most prominent name on that list just because he played so well last season. And it was kind of shocking, honestly, that he got cut, you know, a year into like a four-year $50 million deal. Um, but I think he just goes back to Bill Belichick. And you mentioned this before you hit record. It seems kind of like the shady, underhanded thing where it's like, hey, Kyle, will let you go. And he just, you know, re-signs with Bill for like the same money. And to him, it's not a giant difference. Because he gets the same money, similar type defense. It's just not Miami weather, I guess. But <laughs> outside of that, it's the same. And some of the other names you mentioned, like Kyle Rudolph, doesn't really move, move the needle. Uh, actually, I think he's another player that could join the Patriots just because they love tight ends. And um, I think he'd worked with their offensive coordinator in the past. So I could see that type of a connection. And then, yeah, I, we'll we'll start to get more names. And hopefully maybe in the next few weeks, we'll have a better idea of like, okay, man, this guy, okay, we could take, you know, the 49ers could maybe go ahead and sign him. But just the names you mentioned, nothing really sticks out. Um, How do you feel about maybe Henry Anderson or or Kyle Rudolph? 
So when he was coming out of the draft in Stanford, Henry Anderson was the first interview I, I ever did. So okay, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty interesting. I thought he was going to be like I. He wasn't a very popular name, but I thought he was going to be, you know, a, a decent player. So it's it's cool to see that he's lasted this long. But, I mean, there are a lot – as you mentioned, the cap is going to impact a lot of these. So maybe we see a guy like uh, Mitch Morse from the Bills or uh, one that would that could surprise is Kyle Fuller, who's making like $20 million in the Bears – don't have a lot of money, so they might not have a choice to cut one of their high-priced uh, veterans like that. But I, I really don't think so, and, and I don't know that you know the, the 49ers are going to be in a position to sign any of these guys anyway, just because you know their cap space situation. But um, uh, the popular names on the Saints, uh, Emmanuel Sanders is one. So uh, who knows, man? Who knows it all? Yeah, but that's true. Speaking of deals and free agency deals. J.J. Watt just joined the Arizona Cardinals, which came out of nowhere. A lot of people thought that he would stay in the AFC West. Uh, They thought that – or the AFC West, the the AFC. They thought that it might be the Browns, the Bills, the Ravens. Like, those are the teams that you were just connecting the dots. And then, all of a sudden, he is with the Cardinals. He had his presser on Tuesday. He said that a big reason was the quarterback. So, he believes in Kyler Murray, blah, blah, blah. Great, great, great cliche text blah 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 anyway he also said it's light it's nice to wake up and be 65 and sunny in the morning which rob can attest to is very nice our producer who is in new york and has not seen the sun in two months what i want to ask you akash is how big of a deal is jj watt coming to the nfc west a lot of people are going to you know talk down on his injury history which is fair because three of the past five seasons he has not been hurt but he just played 16 games last year, so I don't know why we're so quick to assume that he's going to get hurt all of a sudden in 2021. And then you have to um, factor in he's going to be joining Chandler Jones. So instantly, the 49ers have to deal with probably a top three edge rushing duo in the NFL. So yeah. lucky you. <laughs> um, uh, what, do you. What was your take on Watt coming to the NFC West? Well, I thought yesterday and just the whole J.J. Watt thing was kind of funny. So first – this dude on Peloton, KJ Watt, had like some teams listed and I guess people started to run away with that and then JJ Watt immediately posts a picture of him in the, the Cardinals shirt and my first thought was like, of course. Right. And I think Rob said something along the same line, which is like, of course. Whenever there's like some vet that is like was a star, he always seems to end up in the NFC West, just one way or the other. Like it was Javion Clowney a couple of seasons ago, or it was Dwayne Brown with the Seahawks, or now it's JJ Watt, um, or like Jalen Ramsey. It's it's just like these trades or like these big name guys always find a way to end up in the 49ers division, yet not with the 49ers for some reason. So um, that, that was my first takeaway. And then the second thing is, like you said, I thought Watt played really, really well last season. Obviously, he's not peak you know, 2011, 2012, J.J. Watt when he was, you know, winning Defensive Player of the Year awards, but he was still really good last year. Uh, PFF had him at, you know, 45 total pressures, five sacks, uh, 40 tackles. Um, yeah, he finished with like a, an overall of like an 85 grade, which is which is pretty good. Um, and, you know, he's going to be rushing primarily from the left spot, we think, just based on where he's lined up in the past, which would mean that he lines up more over Mike McGlinchey. Um, but you know, Mike McGlinchey is going to have to hold his own because if it's not JJ Watt, it'll be Chandler Jones. So, 
Um, yeah, man, Good Arizona has, has really beefed up their pass rush. Um, and they're building their defense similar to how the 49ers did a couple seasons ago, which is, yo, let's let's put all our chips to this defensive line and, you know, let them get after quarterbacks and not prioritize corners or DBs because they, they do have some DBs that are free agents. So that, that was my take on it. And then the last thing, like, good for JJ. Um, like, go get paid. Go get your cash. This might be your last biggest deal. So if you're going to – like, I'm not, I don't fault you for taking $23 million uh, guaranteed from the Cardinals. I did find it funny that, like, a Phoenix beat writer, John Gambadero, or I guess he's a radio host, uh, tried to leak that like the Titans and the Browns had, you know, similar offers. Like, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like he wasn't getting that type of cash from anywhere. So go get the money. Um, and hopefully he doesn't wreck the 49ers offensive line next season. Yeah. JJ Watt was incredible last year. And I don't think people understand that just because of the team that he played on. That was easily the worst defensive in the NFL, easily the worst defensive line in the NFL. So when Watt was making plays, it really didn't have the same type of impact it would have had on, you know, a winning team. So he had only the five sacks, but he did finish with 26 quarterback hits. Uh, I mentioned Sports Info Solutions, their total points saved metric. He finished six among all defensive linemen. So defensive tackles and defensive ends. Yeah, he was really damn good last season. So I do wonder what this will do for, you know, a lot of people when we talked about this, Trent Williams came up and instantly it was like the 49ers have to re-sign Trent Williams now. Why? Like, yes, that is true. But that was going to be the case no matter what Arizona did, no matter what yeah. the Rams did, no matter what the Seahawks do um, this upcoming free agency period, this offseason. So you, you mentioned prioritize. Does this maybe move the needle for the 49ers when they were maybe thinking we could skate by without Trent Williams? Now we have to face a division opponent uh, twice a year, and those games matter more. So does that make Trent Williams even more of a priority? So we all we already acknowledge he was number one, but like, will they be able to skate by without Trent now? I don't think so. I I still think you got to resign him one way or the other. And if, you know, if it's a difference between a couple million dollars annually or, you know, an extra year or some extra guaranteed cash, I would just go lock up that type player. Um, I'm a big believer in just paying elite players and keeping them on your roster. So I don't think signing JJ Watt really changes that much because you still play, you know, elite defensive linemen in the division and just, just in, in the league. So I would always side with signing a player like Trent Williams. And I don't think yesterday's news really changed that for me. Does the addition of JJ Watt move Arizona up, you know, maybe a notch in the division in the conference because Arizona's defense, they were pretty good last year, at least from what I saw. So they, I don't think that they finished high in like EPA or what, whatever, but just watching them, they seem like a competent defense. And now the addition to J.J. Watt's going to make everybody else's life easier. So if they were a fringe playoff team or, you know, right on the bubble of making the playoffs, does this addition do anything for them? Is Cliff Kingsbury still their head coach next season? Cliff Kingsbury is still their head coach. Cliff Kingsbury still has no idea how pass protections work, despite being an offensive coach. So he will definitely uh, cost them two to three games, just like he had did last year and the year before, whenever, wherever he was. But um, yes, Cliff Kingsbury is. Okay, I was going to say, I mean, like you hit on, I think they were, I think Arizona's defense was top 10 in DVOA. It was their offense. That was, I think like 19th or 20th. 
And yeah. I just go back to, hey, you have a winnable, you have you have a winner go home game to make the playoffs at home against CJ Beathard and the 49ers, and you put up 12 points. Like, yeah, they had no chance. That I mean, is JJ Watt going to help you score more points? Like, great move, but it's going to come down to can Cliff and Kyler get on the same page with their offense and help out what was a pretty good defense last year. I think that's what it's going to come down to. And But nothing we've seen from Cliff since Texas Tech would lead you to believe that he's going to make the playoffs with this team. Yeah, that, that game was nuts just bringing that up because he – so in the air raid, you usually leave your receivers on the same side. But this yeah. is the NFL where you want to get your guys in the best matchups. Yeah. If you know DeAndre Hopkins is going to be on the same side every freaking play, it makes your life so much easier gotcha. as a defensive coordinator to game plan for him. And then we mentioned um, how he just refuses to acknowledge pass protection at all. So they go empty and they leave their guys on an island and they have guys that should not be starting in the NFL. So, of course, they're not going to be able to move the ball consistently. So a guy like Robert Sala will just run circles around you and they just got exposed. That game, what, like being at that game and just seeing um, everything unfold as it was happening, uh, Arizona, oh, man. So I don't know if they're 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 probably going to be an offseason darling with the addition of J.J. Watt. They were last but, year. True, they were. And and they started hot, to be fair. They started they hot, but teams started to catch on as the season went on, and that offense just went down the tank. So I agree. I mean, they're probably still going to, you know, hover around 500. They are. But I'm – I'm not. I'm not sure they're going to, you know, be able to do any damage. They they would need to add help for Hopkins, and again, they're just going to have to figure out what to do as far as you know protecting Kyler. Kyler cannot run for his life on every snap. Uh, when when people complain about the 49ers' offensive line, I think they're talking about Arizona's because they, it is just night and day uh, as far as pass protection goes. So QB Collective, our <laughs> they have an account and in on that account they have Justin Fields. They had a tweet on Tuesday night where they went out of their way and this is just the offseason ridiculousness. They went out of their way and tagged the 49ers. They tagged Justin Fields and they talked about uh essentially we're going to we could draft you. This could be you whatever it was. Like, here, I'll get the exact tweet what they said. I, the I only have it up post- right now. It, Go ahead. It, it's it's the only pro-style quarterback development pipeline led by the coaches who, in parentheses, just might draft you. And it's a picture <laughs> of barefoot Kyle Shanahan with Justin Fields. And the picture tags the 49ers, Justin Fields, and Ohio State. And it, 49ers Twitter just went ballistic in the last like hour, basically. And they were like, oh, my God, look at what Kyle's telling you. Um, so it, it's nothing. It's just off-season trolling humor whatever you want to call it i do think it's interesting because kyle shanahan's agent richmond flowers uh who kind of runs qb collective and also runs the social media account tweeted that so i I do find that kind of interesting did they retweet a bunch of stuff some of their old clips um and like we talked about before we hit record this is their first high school class that's draft eligible i think so you're gonna see more of these guys and more of their names pop up but it's just adding fuel to the fire yeah, t- to go out of their way and tag both the player and the team is pretty funny. Um, it's it's clearly not Kyle Shanahan because I don't think Kyle Shanahan knows how to internet. But as you said, it's his agent. So he speaks to Kyle clearly. So he probably has an idea of who Kyle likes in this upcoming draft. And I'm working on piece that 
is just going to talk about, you know, which quarterback best fits Kyle Shanahan. And it's it's going to probably come down to just the reason it will be Justin Fields is the human element of the, the human side of things where we saw Justin Fields just, you know, kind of tough it out in these last couple of games. And, you know, he's a hell of a player that helps. But just the toughness part and the mobility part, I could just see that's why I could see Kyle Shanahan falling in love with Justin Fields, who just so happens to be my favorite player in the NFL draft. So if the 49ers were to, you know, move whatever they needed to do to get Justin Fields, I would instantly turn into a fanboy. I might even start referencing uh, being one of those guys who, you know, uh, references the team as us and we and just become unbearable <laughs> for a year. Yeah. I, uh, how, first of all, since we're since we're so sidetracked, how do you feel about, you know, the t- the types that refer to the team as us and we does that does that bother you? Or have you ever been one of those people? I have never been one of those. Um, I've always referred to the team in the third person. And it's it's just been more so that ever since like I've started to write and we like talk about them and like all that kind of I just can't say we anymore. I'm not on the team. Um I'm not a player, I'm not employed by the 49ers. Like if you're a fan, you do that, like you do you. I, I won't tell any other fan like how to be a fan, but it's just it's just like weird for me to be like, oh, we this or we that, but Justin Fields was on the 49ers. That that would be pretty sweet. Not going to lie. You should see Kyle and I, our text thread. It's a lot of Justin Fields. (laughs) I promise you. He's not bad. He is not bad. All right. We're going to go to break. And when we come back, you will listen to an interview that I did with uh, Washington's defensive lineman, uh, Levi Anzurike. He was a super cool dude. Um, he is draft eligible, uh, supposed to go somewhere in day two is, is what the streets say. Um, so go, go take a listen. Uh, we talk about some things, football, some things not about football. Um, but yeah, it was a cool listen. Hey, 49ers fans. We've got a special pre-draft interview for you guys. We have university of Washington defensive lineman Levi Onzurike with us today. Um, who's going through the draft process. And uh, we just wanted to spend some time talking to him. So, Levi, what's up? How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. What about you? Doing well. So, I know you went to the University of Washington. I'm actually a former Husky as well. So, do you yes, still sir. Live, Right on. So, do you still live up in the Pacific Northwest or are you, you back back home? No, right now I'm back in uh, – I'm not home or Northwest. I'm in San Diego training okay. over here at Exos. Okay, very cool. So, I, I know you opted out this season – uh, and you just you opted to head for the NFL draft. How has your year been, uh, especially without uh, college football this season? Uh, it's been it's been good. It's a lot of like off season. It basically, it feels like an extended off season. Yeah. Kind of been out here for six months, so it's been good. A lot of a lot of good work I got in. Well, it's good you've been in San Diego. You're probably getting a lot more sun than we are here in Seattle. So I bet you really enjoy that. <laughs> for sure, without a doubt. Yeah, it's like seventy every day, so it's smooth. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't get better than that. So you, so you lived up here, you know, for a couple of years. What did what did you enjoy most about the area, and what's one thing you didn't like? Uh, I think I liked everything, to be honest. I I love the people there. Everybody's different, so it's a you get to see something new every day, and then like just the scenery, going on hikes up there. I was actually uh, I was telling my friends no to hikes for the first three years, and then the fourth year I was there, I decided to went on one, go on one, and I I like got addicted to it. So the hikes up there are real nice. It's a very popular thing to do up here, so yeah, I'm glad you got into it. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Um, and so you said you were working out down in San Diego with Exos. Any any other defensive uh, prospects that are there that you're working with? Or yeah, we got uh, Osa over here, Osa Obigizawa. Okay. Uh, we got Jalen Phillips. Osa's from UCLA. Jalen Phillips is from uh, Miami. We got Austin Foley from Oregon. Very Who cool. else we got? Yeah, and then we got Evan Tyler from Boise State. Can't even think right now. I think that's all our defensive players we got. Okay. Yeah, it's very cool that prospects from different schools and, and as you guys go through this process, you guys are able to work together and just help each other mm -hmm. out as well. So that's really neat. Just what, getting away from football, are you a big video games guy? Like how do you, how do you, uh, you know, <laughs> your time busy? Yeah, uh, I'll be on the video games or I'll watch some anime. Okay. Okay. Are you a PS5, Xbox guy? Xbox. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> are you a big Madden guy? Yeah, I play Madden. Okay. Do you picture yourself, you know, in a couple years playing yourself? in Madden do you ever imagine that like what's that like uh no I don't think like that because I just I run with the QB and the linebacker okay. but I mean it'd be it'd be tight to play myself I mean obviously that's a dream okay uh favorite <laughs> team that you play with in Madden favorite team Cowboys okay are you a Cowboys fan just growing up yeah yeah just growing up or being from Texas okay okay probably not going <laughs> so well with the 49ers fans <laughs> <laughs> hey it is what it is uh, we were joking earlier last week that they're that the game that they played earlier this season, the Niners and the Cowboys, was a total barn burner. Just an amazing game. <laughs> um, what, so you said anime. What what are what else are your hobbies just outside of football? Uh, I go on hiking too. Like I said, yeah. anime. That's kind of the the big three I do. I just keep it chill, relax. Perfect way to live life, especially when you're in yeah, exactly. Um, and I do a little little bit of YouTube, so that's fun. Okay, very cool. Yeah, we we saw some stuff. Uh, before we got on this interview, so it was very neat. Yeah. Yes, sir. Appreciate uh, it. And then just back to back to football. What type of defense do you see yourself fitting into? More of like a four three, three four. Just when you when you look into that type of stuff. I think I can play any. I mean, Washington was a multiple front, so okay. I got a taste of everything. I think I played good and everything. So it does, for me, it doesn't really matter. I never really think of it like that. Okay, and you see yourself probably more on the the interior versus rushing from the edge. I'm guessing. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or more both. More, more interior for sure, but I mean, I can play outside. I played outside as well, so if I go out there, I'll be fine there. Okay. Are there any NFL players that you comp yourself to, or that you look up to, and you're like, okay, I want to be, you know, take these moves, guy? Or... Yeah, uh, Jerry McCoy, and then uh, okay. Chris Jones is kind of who I see myself as. Okay. So I kind of watch their moves, and then if I want to learn some sweet shit, obviously I'm looking at Aaron Donald watching his film. Yeah, those are guys that wreck the 49ers offensive line. Chris Jones and Aaron Donald. So those are those are. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just through this pre-draft process, what are some of the teams that you've met with? You know, who have you like repeated talk with? And yeah, well, I pretty much talked to everybody because we went to a Senior Bowl, and that was kind of where we hit all the interviews. I think I have a couple next week, but uh, yeah, it's kind of been a dead period now. But yeah, I talked. We talked to all 32. Okay. Is that a little weird this year, just with the Zoom interviews versus, like, in-person? Is that different from just what you've heard in the past? Yeah, for sure different from what I heard. But because it's the first time experiencing it, it's like – it's not – it's nothing nothing out of the ordinary. Okay. And then just, just back to UW. So, everyone here, I feel like, has the highest respect for Chris Peterson and Jimmy Lake mm -hmm. and what they're able to do with the UW program. Just what would you say is probably the greatest thing about those two guys specifically? what is it I think it's they know how to practice I think I think practice is a big part to being successful 
And our team kind of works like the military in our practice. You know, we're running to every drill. You know, we're starting on time. What if we're supposed to be on the East field in the second period, everybody's going to be there. We practice hard. We practice fast and, you know, we're prepared for the game. I think, I think how Jimmy Lake and also how Chris Peterson prepares us is just, you know, second to none. Okay. Yeah. It's one of the most talented teams out here on the West coast. So uh, definitely a testament to their coaching. Um, Okay. Most talented player you've played with at UW. Most talented player I played with. That's a good question. Because there's a lot, there's a lot of UW guys in the NFL that are just killing it right now. So there are. Yeah, I'd probably go Vita. Okay. Vita was just a freak. Ooh, he was dominant, especially after yeah. back against Green Bay mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. Ooh. Yeah, he's ridiculous, man. I'm <laughs> telling you. Great <laughs> to have. Hmm. I said that's a good teammate to have in the and a good watch at UW. One hundred percent, especially because you guys played together along the defensive line. So, mm-hmm. yes, sir. Yeah, man. I mean, that's all. I, that's all we had for you. Uh, we appreciate your time once again. Just good getting to know you. Uh, best of luck through this draft process. It'll be awesome to watch where you end up and just see your star shine in the NFL. I appreciate that, guys. Much love. All right, that was a fun listen, and that is going to do it for us so moving forward we will have you know free agencies right around the corner so the names are going to start to trickle in who the 49ers are meeting with if there are any surprise cuts and we will have you covered again please rate subscribe review on itunes five star only thank you again for listening you can follow me on the twitter kp underscore show i'm going to try to do maybe take a break from draft prospects after these next couple pieces of quarterback piece and I'm going to do some cornerback cornerback rankings. Uh, Akash actually decided to dust off his keyboard, and he's going to hop into things on Niners Nation as well. Akash, tell the folks what you're working on and where we can follow you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Akash Anav, A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-V. I'm also back at Niners Nation uh, just to write more. So uh, you will get to see my written content there like you used to maybe like a year ago. So I am working on a Justin Fields piece and why the 49ers should trade Jimmy Garoppolo and trade up for Justin Fields. So I'm sure that's going to go well with the fans, but it's something I've been thinking about for like a month now. So there's there's a lot of thought that's going to go into this. But uh, yeah, so that's what I'm working on. And as always, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. And go Niners! Go Niners!